Welcome to Multicultural TV Talk, a Media Village podcast where we bring you exclusive interviews with on-screen talent and behind-the-scenes creatives discovering their stories and how they're changing the face of stardom across media. I am your host, Juan Ayala. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's get to talking. Today, I am joined by the star of Peacock series Saved by the Bell, Haskiri Velasquez. Haskiri, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So let's go back to when you were first cast in the role of Daisy on the reboot or revival of uh, Saved by the Bell. What was going through your head when you got the news? So when I got the news, I was currently living in a studio apartment with my boyfriend in New York. And it was so tiny and it was really late at night. I think it was like 9 p.m. maybe um, East Coast time. And, you know, everyone was out in L.A. like figuring out who's going to get this role. And my agent calls me and she's like, hey, do you know where I'm calling you? And like the way she started it off was like, I have really bad news to tell you. So my heart instantly sunk and I was like, I didn't get it after everything. And she's like, no, I'm calling you to tell you that you booked it. So like immediately I'm like, my life is going to change. Like, this is amazing. Everything I've been working towards is literally paying off. Like all these auditions, all these self tapes, all those no's have finally led to a yes. Um, And also I was thinking, I'm really nervous because I have to pack my life in four suitcases and fly out to LA less than a week later. Um, So it was a really fast turnaround, but there was still, there was so much joy in that because I know I worked so hard for something. Um, There was a lot of mixed emotions and I was just ready though, to take on this character. I was ready to head out to LA and like immerse myself in Daisy. Yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of the new programming that's coming out is um, reboots or revivals of like these like precious sort of shows. Like I, mind you, I grew up watching reruns of Saved by the Bell. I was a little bit, you know, it's funny realizing that when you're like a 90s kid, you're like, oh, I was watching reruns. I wasn't watching it when it was like on the air. Right. Same. I was catching reruns. Like I, I didn't know. I thought it was a show that was ongoing as I was watching it. (laughs) what's it like to be part of a show that kind of like defined a generation of sort of like the cool high school type of kids or the aspirations of that (laughs) yeah um that's funny I've never heard it phrased that way in a sense nobody refers to them as like the cool high school kids even though they were like it's it's so funny you say that um it's it's awesome I mean when I was in high school, you know, I always wanted to be like the cool popular girl, you know, so it's funny to kind of, but I was, I would say Daisy, like my character Daisy is like an alternate universe of me because (laughs) in high school, I really was focused on more like, I want to be an actor. Um, I wasn't really focused on school as much. So I feel like I get to live my second life as Daisy being like this super smart, like, girl who has all these ambitions for school and, and like really wants A's I was more like a I'll accept a C kind of <laughs> chick, <you know? laughs> like I'm like I want just the passable thing because my mind was more focused on my future and my career yeah. um, so it's funny to kind of play that um, but yeah being a part of the Save by the Bell universe with such an already great fan base and a loyal fan base it's really fun to kind of know that I'm able to share those kind of nostalgic moments with them, but mm-hmm. also be able to create new ones for them to kind of like enjoy and hopefully share with their kids. You know, a lot of people that are tuning in, you know, probably have kids at this point and they're right. like, maybe you can, we can sit down and watch something that I grew up on that you can also enjoy. So I think that's pretty cool. 
Yeah, that's the beauty of a lot of these reboots and revivals. It's like, oh, this is a show that I grew up watching and now like we can share that experience together. Yeah, they did so well with the set too. I think like, you know, the everyone that was in this project, you know, with this whole production really took that into consideration. It was mm-hmm. like, we have to make it so that the OGs, the, you know, come in here feeling like they never, like this place hasn't been touched since they left. Right. And the Max was exactly that. Like I look around the Max and I'm like, I remember that and I remember this. Um, so it's so beautifully crafted. And what are you most excited for fans to see in the upcoming second season? Huh. I'm excited for fans to see a different side of Daisy. Um, she allows herself to kind of relax chill have a little more fun and it doesn't turn out the way she would hope so i think it's funny to kind of see her outside of her element i think fans will really enjoy that and you know representation is a big part of of our podcast and a big part of the work that i do for media village um especially with latinx representation and it being hispanic heritage month especially um what's the earliest memory you have of a tv show or of a film that made you feel represented when you were growing up um, it's funny that you asked that because I feel like when I was younger, there wasn't really like a show that was on TV that I was like, oh, you know, I can relate to this character. I think it was more when I was getting more into my high school years where I mm-hmm. saw um, Ugly Betty, America Ferrera playing Betty. Mm-hmm. I think that character resonated with me a lot because she was a girl from Queens, New York. And she had to take public transportation everywhere. And I feel like every time she walked into the room, there was already so much judgment put on her to see like how much she can actually do or what she was capable of. So I kind of find, find my, found myself like relating to her a lot. Um, but also George Lopez, like right. you can't go wrong with that show. And I, it's yeah. funny, I watch it every night now before bed. Like it's like a show that puts me to sleep, I think because for one, it reminds me like home in a sense. Mm-hmm. And but the characters are just so relatable. Like the things that he says, I'm like, that happened in my household. Um, <laughs> so George Lopez and Ugly Betty, for sure. That's definitely a trend that I'm seeing is that it's not, it's not until we hit like the mid 2000s that that representation really started coming forward. Like I yes. can't think of a single like 90s family Latino sitcom that wasn't yeah. in Spanish on like Univision or Telemundo, you know, like right. you've got uh, George Lopez is like the first one that comes to mind. And mm-hmm. then like way later until like very recently, it was like one day at a time and yeah. Acre and the beauty and all these other sort of family oriented shows. Yeah. Kind of like Jane the Virgin too, where it's like right. yeah. very yeah. telenovela, but like modernized, which yeah. I think was really cool. And it's funny because growing up, my my abuela would watch like novelas and all mm-hmm. on these Spanish channels. But I think because I grew up, like I was born and raised in the States, I think I would hate to hear like the Spanish of it because they spoke so fast. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand anything. <laughs> and it was like, it was like the, the novelas, you know, are very like heightened in sense of like yeah. the way they write it, the storylines. It's like the mistress and all these things. And I'm like, Mm, that doesn't really interest me um so yeah it's funny that you say that because I don't think too when I was growing up I didn't find a show that I was in English that had a Latino cast that I could relate to until the like early or I would say not early like mid 2000s as well Mm. yeah and uh, what's a change that you look forward to seeing in the entertainment industry in regards to uh representation and diversity I just kind of answered this question too in another interview I said 
I would love to see more shows on English platforms that allow their Latino characters to speak Spanish as well. Mm. Because that's how I grew up. I spoke Spanglish. So I dabbled in from like, if I'm talking and then I'm like, pero me, whatever, whatever. Right. And then, like, you know, it's just how I grew up. And I, I see that in a lot of my friends as well. When we're mm. talking, we just go in and out of English and Spanish. So I think it'll be beautiful to kind of see that on screen because I think they'll it'll make the characters a lot more authentic, but also a lot more relatable. Yeah, I think that Jane the Virgin did such a beautiful job of that, like the conversations with her abuela, which is so it's even more realistic where an adult talks to you in Spanish and you reply in English, <laughs> but yeah. everyone still knows who's what's who's saying yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so funny. That's true. Every time I get on the phone, my grandma is like she's always talking to me in Spanish. And everything I say is in English. The mm. only time, like, I think I'll talk to her in Spanish is when, like, she's talking to my boyfriend. Because she talks to him in Spanish, although he doesn't understand. Like, he understands it to an extent. Right. Um, and then I always have to translate. So then I tell her, like, oh, el dijo esto. Y el right. And then she's like, okay. And then she's like, ese mi novio. I'm like, <laughs> that's such a Dominican Spanish, like, grandma thing to say. Yeah. Such yeah. an abuela thing in general. They're always trying to steal your partner. <laughs> she's like, every time she calls me, she's like, y mi novio. I'm like, hi, ma. Like, I I'm like, hola, bendición, ma. Si, yo estoy bien. And then she's like, okay, ponme mi novio. I'm like, okay. <laughs> if you got to tell your 13-year-old self that you'd made it this far, do you think that they would believe you? Oh. Um... I would like to say, yeah, I think my 13 year old self, like if I was to be like, girl, you did the damn thing. She would be like, I knew it. I knew it. Um, and I think the reason why is just simply because there was always this dedication that I had towards acting and this drive that I knew, like, this is a forever thing. Like, I don't care how long it's going to take. I know it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm 40 years old and still trying. Like, this is my passion. This is my dream. I'm not going to give up on that. So I think she'll be like, about time, you know? She'll probably ask like, okay, how old are we at this point? Like, did, was it at your 40s or was it in your 20s? And I'm like, girl, in our 20s. Pat back. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely something that I hear a lot as well whenever I ask that question is, um, you know, the whole mindset of it's a marathon, not a race. Yeah. The success is going to come eventually. We've had some, some, you know, mm -hmm. guests who are like teenagers when they got their first series regular, others were yeah. into their thirties and it's just no two paths are alike. And it's just very important yeah. for any of our young listeners out there who might be, you know, pursuing an acting career. Just keep that mm -hmm. in mind. No two paths yeah. are alike. It always happens when it's meant to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's definitely true. And I think there's so many lessons to be learned in that path. So like with any failure, just kind of step outside of that and kind of see what you could do differently or what you can learn from that and then continue to move forward. Yeah. And uh, what advice would you give that 13 year old you? <laughs> I was like a crazy 13 year old. I was like out all the time. <laughs> like I had no curfew, but um, I don't know. I think I would, I don't know if it would be advice because I always was very like, if I'm gonna go have fun with my friends, that's what I'm gonna do. But if I have an audition the next day, I'm gonna stay home and memorize it to the T. Um, so I think I would just tell her like, keep doing what you're doing because essentially it, she got me here today. 
And I learned so much from my 13 year old self. And I think there's still a lot to learn, you know, about yourself as a kid and why you did certain things. Um, so I would just start to keep being herself and, you know, keep striving. Love that. Uh, Haskiri, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, where can folks find you on Instagram if they want to give you a follow? Um, you can follow me at Haskiri, H-A-S-K-I-R-I. And you can all follow us at MediaVillage.com on Instagram. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Media Village Podcast to never miss an episode. And you can catch up on season one of Saved by the Bell streaming now on Peacock and keep an eye out for season two. I'm Juan Yala, that's Hiskiri Velasquez, and you're listening to Multicultural TV Talk.